You know, I usually come on and start saying this, but why not have the man who actually does say it when this theme is playing on CBS? And every other year, except this one, perhaps later on in the fall, Mr. Jim Nance, ladies and gentlemen, in the 16th Tower. What a nice introduction that was, and hello, friends, and welcome to this tradition unlike any other. Not the Masters, the Tony Bruno Show with Harry Mays on Sirius XM 211. But it doesn't get any better than this. (laughs) Sit back and enjoy. (laughs) I've come out of hibernation, and so has... (laughs) Trying to give you guys a little radio gold, uh, but there's something about that undercurrent, that music, that just instinctively my voice drops down a little bit out of respect and reverence and the feel and emotion of all the things that have taken place there at Augusta. And uh, it's a good place to be. I I feel like that music follows me everywhere I go at times because <laughs> I do have people that come up and ask me about it, ask me about narrating against it, asking me to just randomly walking through an airport, hey, will you say the line? Which line is that? You know, tradition unlike any other. And I hear that. I hear that orchestration, that melody playing in my head, trying to deliver the line and give them what they want. Exactly. And we do it all the time, even when the Masters isn't going on, because Harry's a big golf guy. I love golf. And so that's one thing, Jim, of all the great things that you've done in your career, when everybody plays the Masters theme or one shining moment or NFL music. I mean, you do so many great things, a Hall of Fame legend out there in the Bay Area. And, of course, Carolina, then to Texas and to CBS for 34 years. You know, and I was thinking today, the one thing you're missing is the ceremonial first shot would be occurring today if the Masters were actually being played. I'm well aware of it, and believe me, I've already been reminded by text at least a dozen times, and I've already had a few phone calls about it as well. It's one of my favorite things of the whole year. I I know some are going to say, what's Nance talking about now? But this is, I'm sorry, this is just where I come from was in my heart, but I love that opening moment to the Masters Tournament. I've seen it 34 straight years since I showed up in 86. I've never missed it. And that's where we would have been on this Thursday morning to watch Jack and Gary get the tournament started. Now, what is it? What is it about it that makes it so special to see um, the sun coming up and the chill in the air and two legends standing on the first tee? Introduced by uh, Chairman Fred Ridley. You know, it is just a lot of there's just a lot of like symbolism there that that this sport cares about. Now every sport's different. I know baseball loves its history and its heritage, and I'm into history and heritage and context and all that. But when you can remember your heroes once a year, you can see them. It gives you a little bit of measurement of time, the passage of time. You look at them, and all they do is hit one shot each off that first tee. I feel the pressure for them, by the way, because it's early, it's cold. I mean, my goodness, uh, you know, Jack turned 80 back in, in January, and, and Gary's a couple years older than, than Jack, a little bit older than Jack. Might not be quite two full years. His birthday's November 1st. Um, it's just uh, the symbolism of it, uh, That's it's just it, it strikes a chord for me. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea to go get nostalgic and all that, and some people take issue with it, but if you're just being real, if you're telling people how you feel, I'm sorry, that's just who I am, and I love that ceremony. Well, Jim, speaking of legends, uh, Tiger Woods would be uh, 
in his defense of last year's Masters title and looking for number 16 as far as majors go. Now he's going to have to wait until uh, November, at least for the Masters. What are your thoughts on a Masters taking place in November? I'm pretty excited about it, Harry. I really am. I, I'm optimistic that somehow, some way, I'm not a scientist. Nobody's paying Dr. Nance over here to tell him how these projections are all going to work out. I try to interpret these uh, curves and peaks and all that on my own, and I go on that website at least a couple times a day. The one that uh, the White House Task Force, uh, the Fauci's and the Burks refer to all the time, and I look at the data. It changes every day. I'm optimistic that we're going to be in a much better place, and hopefully that translates to some sense of normalcy as close as we can get it to uh, in the short term, you know, in the somewhat near short term that things are going to be a whole lot better, a whole lot less suffering. And then way down the food chain in the overall worldview comes this world that the three of us are lucky enough to live in, making a living on the back of sport. How we have we've made a living out of it, you know? I mean, Tony's got a studio down in his wine cellar. For God's sake. <laughs> uh, I mean, that is so over the top. I mean, <laughs> and I love it. I love it. Um, but, no, I, I'm optimistic that somehow, some way, um, we're going to figure out a way, not we, but the world will figure out a way to get things playing again when we get the world in a much safer place. And November, to have that dangling out there, to look at it down the road, what a wonderful thing. This is the season of hope, after all, right? Springtime. Look it up. Look in the dictionary. Um, I guarantee it's one of the first things it'll say is uh, a word to describe it. Hope. The interesting Renewal. thing is people will be people will be complaining in November. Hopefully, if the Masters comes off, there's no azaleas. Oh, no, look at this. How can you do this? They've destroyed the tradition unlike any other. It's nothing but pine straw. <laughs> pine straw all over the place. Who's going to go out there and rake the pine straw from the bunker at Amen Corner? I think that everybody will be just so grateful to have the tournament played. Um, even though it's a different time of the year, there will be so much excitement and joy about it. And it's a feel-good event for a lot of folks. I can tell it is for the two of you. You're golf enthusiasts, you're playing the music, you're talking about it with a lot of passion and excitement, and wherever it ends up being on the calendar, people are going to relish the chance to have it again. And how about the idea that you're going to have two Masters in less than five months? You'll go from November the 15th, Sunday finish, to the second Sunday in April of 2021, and in less than five months, you're going to have two first tee shot ceremonies. You're going to have two, you know, amazingly competitive and thrilling and dramatic final rounds. Two times to see the green jacket presented to the champion. Could somebody actually win it twice in less than five months? How about that storyline you're going to see next <laughs> April? Um, it's, just, it's just fascinating to think about all the possibilities, and I'm just thrilled that uh, they found a new date. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I know you've got some uh, programming coming up on CBS uh, this weekend to fill the void, which we'll get to. But I was thinking about how about you host a little tournament with your backyard, the par three, you, <laughs> Sir Nick, Ian Baker Finch, and get McCord in there and a couple of Vokey wedges and some Titleist Pro V1s, and let's go to town. Uh, I love the idea. As long as we stay six feet apart, which we will. Right, right. Um, so, no, um, I was having a good time 
with Tony and his his wine cellar slash studio, and I, I've had a lot of people that have somehow, you know, through social media and even Peyton's Place, the episode that he taped with uh, Tom Brady in my backyard on this little par three replica hole that I built five years ago. So there's a lot of awareness that I have this uh, uh, this little hole that. Truly, when I first built it, it was built for a number of reasons, one of which was to be smart and, and uh, economical in cutting down on my water bills. Um, water is expensive out here. It's in short supply uh, compared to most states. And uh, when I first moved out to Pebble Beach and bought the house in 2011, I realized that I had to get a lot smarter about what I was going to irrigate and what I wasn't. So I looked at the backyard as no reason to try to green it up Let's do something smart with it and create something that's kind of fun. And that was the first reason why that I decided to build and construct and took eight months to build a replica that's pretty darn close to half scale of the real seventh hole at, at Pebble Beach. And it's become such a fun thing and a gathering place when we've had charity events, raised a lot of money back there. Uh, but we've had a lot of really cool people that have tried to make the hole-in-one and get their name on the Rock of Fame. So short of it is, I'm at Pebble Beach right now as we speak. The resort, which I love, Pebble Beach Golf Links, the Inner Spanish Bay, and everything else here, inside the gates, as it's called, the Del Monte Forest, all the golf courses are closed. They are all closed right now, um, which is sad. It's the first time in 101-year history of Pebble Beach that it's been closed. And again, hopefully it'll be reopening real soon. It's the gold standard as far as I'm concerned, as far as resorts. So if you wanted to play golf right now anywhere inside of Pebble Beach, where there are seven golf courses, Pebble Beach, Cypress Point, Spyglass, Spanish Bay, Poppy Hills, the Shore Course at Monterey Peninsula, and the Dunes Course at Monterey Peninsula. Seven incredible courses, all within a three-mile range. There's only one hole that is currently open at Pebble Beach, and that's the one in the backyard. And you're going to get more than $325 just to play one hole, right? I mean, right now with the demand being so great, Jim. I'm waiting for someone to come over and say, hey, you got to shut that one down, too. But it is on the property. And the greatest greatest choice that I have, you know, that came off really way too smarmy. I'm... I want to apologize for that. I was trying to have some fun with it. No, people uh, get it. I mean, everybody's happy. We're having fun here, Jim. We're having fun. I'm having fun. I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, I was trying to draw a parallel to your over-the-top, crazy, extravagant wine cellar studio. (laughs) I was was just trying to take a lower inversion of that and and have some fun with it. Well, we're suffering here. The (laughs) the liquor stores are closed, so I can't even go out and add to it as the collection is dwindling here. I can't even get some Uh, of the great Zins from... You know, from Napa and Sonoma and all my great California wines that I love having shipped here, they're not shipping anything, and even the stores here well, are closed, Jim. We're in, we're in a dire situation here. We're, we're going to, depending on the state, I, I, I have to look at the state laws on this, we're going to send you a little replenishment to both of you with the calling wine that I'm so proud to have uh, been a part of with my friend Peter Deutsch. So I would love your feedback on that. We'll get some addresses when we, when we close this thing down. Absolutely. But I was going to say this about this little this little uh, 53-yard hole in the backyard. One of the joys, and I'm going to say this again, under the heading of knowing where we are in the world and grieving for those who, uh, at this very serious time, uh, have lost loved ones who are in the battle. Um, and it's, tra- it's, a, it's a worldwide 
tragedy playing out before us. But I, you know you've heard it. Everyone's heard it. Everyone's listening has, 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 has heard it or said it, that you try to find some silver lining and you try to find some of the good things that have come out of this, if that's possible. And it always gets back to usually the same thing, the reconnection with friends, but primarily the family time that we're all getting to spend. Because we've been in this race, this treadmill of life, you know, running and doing what we're obligated to do, what we love to do. And you've never really been in almost a shutdown mode. So we've hit this pause button on, on, on life, and you're recalibrating now how you're going to spend your time and how you want to allocate all those precious moments in your life and hopefully doing it more fully in the future instead of being half committed to it. And uh, short of it is, you know, I've got two young kids and my oldest daughter here, three kids, all here under this roof. What a joyous time it's been for me to spend with Caroline Finley and Jameson. And my little boy is the youngest. He's, he's just turned four. And during this time, he's taken to golf. So we've been hitting golf balls with the you know, little plastic wiffle golf balls around the front yard. He can fly it if he really connects it about 50 to 60 yards with a, with a almost golf ball, it's called. Um, so he's been back on that tee in the backyard, and yesterday he knocked it on the green for the first time ever. Now, that was one of the little simple pleasures and joys of my life. I'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. And watching him in, without trying to be overcoaching him, it's been so much fun to see him. Hey, Daddy, let's go hit some golf balls. Uh, I didn't expect it would happen this early, this, that, uh, that a new, a new four-year-old. No, that is awesome. What a treasure. Stuff. That's one, one little simple pleasure in all of this. Absolutely. That's what I say to Harry. Hey, Harry, let's go hit some golf balls, Daddy. <laughs> and then we can't do anything. Jim, I know that the big weekend, and I love watching replays of golf, and this weekend on CBS all over the place, wherever you want to go, whether it's online with the all-access, where you can get it anywhere on the, or over the air at CBS and all the different CBS platforms. Saturday it starts the re-air of the 2000. and uh, Actually, the first one is going to be an hour special on Saturday, the 2004 Masters. <laughs> Uh, and then, no, that's no, 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 75. That's 75. Yeah, I'm, five, so, I'm yeah. sorry. The uh, Saturday at 1.30 to 2.30, the 75 Masters with Jack and Johnny, um, Johnny Miller and Tom Weisskopf. That's a documentary look back, yes. Exactly. And then on done. Saturday after that, see, you'll re-air the entire 2004 Masters, Phil's first major, and you sat down with Phil and did a Zoom, so there'll be enhanced stuff to it. It'll be you doing the, you doing the whole crew and doing the, the 2004 final, I'm sorry, I keep messing this up, the 2004 final round, but you got Phil and you on a Zoom session being plugged in throughout the uh, final round, correct? You, you said it, actually, you said it dead on, and that's what I really wanted to articulate was that it's not an interview with Phil. It's actually Phil doing uh, segments at, you know, 10 minutes at a time. Not every segment, but maybe every third segment we come back and we'll do a chunk of the broadcast basically doing play-by-play, and color. Did he get excited, though? Did he get, did, did he get excited on the back nine there when the Ernie Els thing came down to the drama and then that oh. 18-foot birdie? Does he go crazy again? Can he recreate that feeling from 2004? Please give me some feedback uh, after you see the show and watch how giddy he is and his attention to detail even 16 years down the road of what was, what was happening, not only with his game and his situational moments, what he had to do, how he was processing the win or the leaderboard, whatever it might have been. But to hear him talk about other players on the golf course, because, again, we're following along the actual broadcast feed. 
It's not re-edited. So when it cuts off of Phil and it goes to Ernie or it goes to K.J. Choi or, you know, whoever it might have been that was in contention at that moment, we, we, we call that, too. There's nothing that's being changed about the order of the broadcast. It's cut from here to there. Phil was on his computer at home uh, about 300 miles south of me here in California. I'm in my office, and we're watching it together. We're squeezed into our own little separate box with the center screen being the actual broadcast feed, and, I mean, he was just amazing. I mean, if he ever wants to get into broadcasting, which and I, I don't know that he ever would, um, but he would be absolutely tremendous. And then on Sunday, uh, I, I, I think you were going to go there, yes. uh, Tony, so I don't mean that. No, no, I'll let you do it because you did this. Role. It's brilliant. You, you're you the yeah. guy who did it, and that's what, that's what I'm looking forward to because we've seen it, and as great as Tiger's comeback was last year, to have you and Tiger do it again along with the broadcast. I'm something I'm looking forward to. I went in not really sure how much time they would want to devote to it, and then I realized pretty quickly these guys were committed to making this thing extra special. So we're talking over a couple of hours of taping uh, via Zoom. Now, the CBS Broadcast Center is closed, so this feed is being recorded. I can't even tell you where it's being recorded. But we had Andy Freeman, who is taking the Zoom feed. He is in North Carolina. Seller Shy, who will be actually stitching that show together, is in Memphis. Uh, Brian Kozowski is doing the Tiger Show, and he's out on Long Island. And you have all this different sourcing, and, and, and it's being edited in people's homes. And I'm having segments, by the way, as they get knocked off uh, and, and, and polished. Uh, they're... They're sending them to me down, down, down the link, and it's just amazing to look at how people get so creative a time like this without having all the benefits of technology and being in a broadcast center and editing bays and all that. We don't have that. But uh, let me get back to your point. Tiger comes on on Sunday, and it's a five-and-a-half-hour show. It comes on at 12.30 Eastern. And we welcome Tiger um, really early into the broadcast. We get the show started just as we did a year ago when we came on at 9 a.m. Remember, it was an early start last year because of the pending weather. But we get we get Tiger involved, and uh, he comes in when play is at the 6th. Play comes through the ninth, down at Amen Corner at 12, where the whole tournament went wild and crazy and where four balls ended up in the water uh, out of the last two groupings. We've got Tiger on 16. We've got Tiger coming off the 18th. I mean, it, it's an amazing thing to hear his insight on Sunday, Bill's insight on Saturday. And you'll see they, they took a lot of time with this. And this is a real look into a deep, deep uh, brush through two magnificent Masters tournaments, two of the best of all time. Hey, Jim, uh, given that, that win by Tiger last year, his fifth Masters, the first in 14 years, coming back from all he came back from, both emotionally and physically, where does that moment rank on your all-time sports moments? Well, Harry, I get asked this, uh, what's my favorite Masters of all time? But I could just take, forget Masters, so let's let go, because my, my world these days is, is thankfully the NFL college basketball as it has been all these years. But the scene a year ago Sunday on the 18th green when Tiger knocked it in and the family was waiting for him, and you 
couldn't help but recall 97 when his father and mother were there waiting for him to hug with his dad. <clears throat> Juxtapose that to 22 years later, and now Tiger's the father, and there is his son, and the intensity of the hug between them. I mean, it, it, it was really touching. It was emotional. He headed down to Butler Cabin, of course. Eventually, we played out the scene, and Nick and I, uh, I think, did the smart thing. We didn't say anything for a couple of minutes. Um, that would have been a terrible mistake trying to insert himself into that scene. Um, and it played out. He got down to the cabin. I asked him um, a year ago in Butler Cabin Ceremony um, what, what that moment meant when you were hold, hugging your family. And, you know, he, he answered it pretty stoically, to be honest. Well, this time around, here we are a year later, and I, I guess I chalk it up to being a little bit in shock at the moment, you know, and trying to, like, process it. If you're Tiger or you're anyone else that's just one of the Masters, it's all so close you can't really put it in the words. But even Tiger says it on this broadcast Sunday. He gets emotion. He says, I'm emotional right now talking about it. I could hear the crack in his voice. I'm not trying to say he was crying and bawling. It's not that. But you could definitely tell the emotion when I circle back and ask him now that he looks at that again a year later and all that interaction uh, with his family, with his mom, with his girlfriend, Erica, Samantha's daughter, Charlie, the son. Uh, it, it's, it's about as much emotion as I've ever seen Tiger express, to be honest. Uh, and good for him for letting us in on how it really did, it, how it really did touch him. I can remember a year ago in the cabin, again, he, he played it pretty straight. You know, he, I, I was torn up watching it. I know a lot of viewers were. And, and some, some people said, ah, there was Nance trying to make Tiger cry. I'm not ever trying to make Tiger cry. I'm, I'm trying to live the moment. And, you know, I had to ask him about that scene with his family. I wasn't trying to make him cry. Never trying to make anybody be uncomfortable or take them to a point they don't want to be. But it was pretty rewarding and, uh, and fascinating at the same time to see Tiger a year later open up a little bit about that scene. Like we all, now, now he expressed it like we all did at the time when we were watching it. I mean, you guys, what did you think when you saw that? Oh, I, I was, I'm still, I'm, gonna, I'm crying I'm now. Crying now you're right making now. me cry, Jim. <laughs> you're making me cry again, and I'm going to watch it this weekend. And I got to tell you, I want to thank you so much because, you know, when you're doing a bunch of interviews in one day and, you know, don't do more than 10 minutes, you know, we could talk all day, and I really, really appreciate it uh, because we can tell how much you love doing this and how much it means to you. And so we really appreciate you coming on here and spending all this time with us, and I'm sure the audience enjoyed it as well. But, Jim, one last time. <laughs> there it is. There's that melody. Uh, it, it, maybe I'm just hearing things because, it's, as I said, it's always playing on a loop inside my mind. Is this for real, or am I just hearing it in my head? No, it's for real. The only thing we don't have is the birds, and we don't have the pimento sandwiches because I'm on a keto diet, and I can't have pimento sandwiches. Can I tell you, I, I loved our visit. Um, you took me to a very good place. Um, it made me feel like I was uh, experiencing the Masters, being able to, to talk about it, and hearing your love for it, your passion, both of you. Hear the music, the whole thing. Um, you gave me a nice Masters experience at this time, and these are the little tiny joys that we all need right now so i will say goodbye i can tell you're running to a break but uh, you guys take care of yourselves stay at home stay safe stay healthy and stay positive that's my message we will get through this and i look forward to when we do 
visiting with you guys again. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Jim Nance. Thank, Thank you, you Jim. Really, really an honor and a privilege and a joy to have you on today. Thank you, bud. Great fun. Thank you, guys. All the best. And please uh, email us each of your, your homes. I'm going to send you a little a little bottle of our cap and see what you think. It's Sonoma produced. Can't oh. wait. Thank you, Jim. Okay? Thank you. Bud. Thanks, guys. All the best. There he and is. Bye-bye. Jim Nance, everybody. A tradition unlike any other. Taking us out of hibernation. And also a return to glory on the Tony Bruno Show with Harry Mays on Sirius XM 211.